Well, good morning. I was enjoying that song and was getting ready to sing a bunch more, and I realized, okay, wait, I've got to go up and and do the welcome. And so, uh, hope you're having a good Thanksgiving weekend, and hope you're also reminded that Thanksgiving, while we celebrate it one day, day a year, should really be a part of our lives each and every day. And so we're, we're thankful to be here in this place on this day. I'm thankful you're here. Thankful that we have the freedom and the privilege to join together, um, to worship as we sing, as we pray, as we listen 
you hear the voice of God, and of course we respond. And so, welcome to Cross Timber. Hi, my name's Rusty, and we're glad you're here. If you're watching online, thanks for joining us. If you're sitting out there, we're glad you're here. And isn't it wonderful after a few days of rain to see that glorious thing called the sun? Um, it is so such a great reminder. I love the rain, but I love the sun after the rain. And so uh, we are grateful that the Lord provides what we need when we need it the most. If you are visiting this morning, it's good to see you. We're glad you're here. There is a card in our bulletin. It looks just like this. We call it a Connect card. Um, it's a great way to um, share information with us. So uh, you just jot your information on there and put how you would, how it would be the easiest way to contact you, whether that's through phone, mail, or email. If you have any questions about the church, you can list that on, on there. And also on the back side, if you um, would like us to pray for anything, just write it on the back of the card. And then in a couple of minutes, we're going to pass around an offering plate, and you can just drop it in the offering plate, and that will go to the church office. Just please, if you choose to share a prayer request, let us know if it's okay to put that out of our email, or if you'd rather us just keep that um, more private in the office, and we will honor your request. I have a few things to remind you of this morning before we're, we'll read together from Psalm chapter 95, so you may want to go ahead and be finding your way there. We'll read the first seven verses. The first thing is tomorrow evening... That's Monday at 6 o'clock. Um, we'll gather here all that are able and crafty at 6 o'clock um, to work on the um, gift project for the faculty at Nichols Middle School. Um, if you have a glue gun, bring that. We're going to start at 6 o'clock. We'll make those. It'll be a good time of, of work and of fellowship. If you have questions, um, you can see Deborah Williamson. She's sitting right over there, and she'll be able to, she's waving, and she'll be able to answer those. But that's 6 o'clock tomorrow. Um, the next opportunity we have for service and to help get into the holiday spirit. Um, there are still a few cards left for holiday friends. I noticed a lot of people brought in their gifts this morning. Um, that's through Harvest House, one of our ministries here locally that helps families in need. And this year they are collecting both gift cards and family games. And if you didn't have an opportunity last week to pick up one of those cards, there still were a few available. And just remember, those are due back here at the church on December the 5th. So that's holiday friends. Another opportunity, they just keep coming next week, starting on Wednesday and going through Friday, is the Lottie Moon Craft Fair. Um, our associational WMU, or Women's Missionary Union, hosts a craft fair each year to raise money for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering that goes to help international missions. And if you would um, like to donate something to that, whether it's a, a, a homemade craft item or something for the bake sale, you can see Glenna, but better yet, um, you can go and you can shop, you can buy gifts for family, and you can know that all of the proceeds go toward missions. And that starts Wednesday at 10 o'clock and goes till 3 o'clock. It's again that next day, Thursday, December the 1st from 10 to 3, and then Friday, um, it's a little shorter schedule. It's open from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., and that's at Henderson Street Baptist Church in Cleburne. And so if you have an opportunity to swing by there, there's some wonderful items there's some great deals, and the best part is all that goes toward missions. And so that's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at Henderson Street, the Lottie Moon Craft Fair. And then also, mark your calendars, December the 11th. That's a, a couple of weeks from today um, to help us as a congregation get into the Christmas spirit and the fellowship together. We'll be having a church-wide Christmas party here at the church. Um, stand by for more details. You'll just know that it's the 11th. It starts at 6 o'clock, and it's here at the church. And so um, please mark that down. It'll be a good time of fun, fellowship, and getting ready for Christmas. 
And so that's several opportunities. You can also just see in the bulletin other dates and times of things that are going on. And if you have any other questions, you can contact um, the church office and we'll do what we can to, to help you out. Since we've just recently celebrated the Thanksgiving Day um, celebration, I would like us to read from Psalm chapter 95, the first seven verses, and then our, our deacons are going to come and receive our, our offering. Listen to the words, Psalm 95, verse 1. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are also his. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands form the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Gentlemen, will you come and receive our offering? be with us today as we come and worship you. Open our hearts and our minds to the message we're about to receive. Be with us in all that we do today and every day of our lives, dear Lord. May we stay focused on you for that. Now bless this offering that we are giving back to you and be with us, dear Lord, and keep us safe. Continue with our thankfulness this morning. Uh, this is a song called Mercy Everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord, all the earth. Let the sound of his praises be heard. Remember the depth of his love. Just cry. 
as in heaven above, the songs of his people reach out. And let the refrain of the ones he forever testify. Great is our Savior when we are powerless. Worship our anointed King. We lift our eyes and we seek his holiness. Bring to him an offering we might glory in. Glory in the mercy everlasting. Gather all ye delivered ones and fall down on your knees. Surrender all ye delivered ones unto the King of kings. Gather all ye delivered ones and fall down on your knees. Surrender all ye delivered ones unto the King of Kings. Great is our Savior when we are powerless. We worship our anointed King. glory in, glory in the mercy, we might glory in, glory in the mercy everlasting, mercy everlasting. Amen. Would you stand and sing with us this morning?
seated. Bring your Bible along with you. If you have your phone handy, just join in with me and turn into 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we'll start reading there from verse number 6 here in just a moment. Coming off the Thanksgiving holiday this week and had an interesting um, brief conversation with, with someone. And we were just talking and I said something about Thanksgiving and, and she just said, well... We don't really celebrate Thanksgiving um, or any of the holidays, and I had known from previous experience that, that she was um, was a Jehovah Witness, and I was thinking about, okay, how could you not celebrate Thanksgiving? You know, and, and you know, because it really is just two things. It's giving thanks to God, giving thanks for, for what He's provided, and I noticed that also in, in culture... You know, the season of Thanksgiving has become, you know, increasingly crowded out by the society that seeks to get as much money as it can from Halloween sales and Christmas sales. And and sometimes, if we're not careful, you know, Thanksgiving can blow right by without us really even doing more than enjoying maybe some turkey and some ham, some desserts and spending a little time with family. But I think if you look at it on an even larger scale, in our lives in general, if we're not careful that Thanksgiving can kind of just lie there and not really be thought about very much. And so this morning I want to talk about two things, gratitude and generosity. Gratitude, you know, the idea of being thankful for what we have and what other people have done, and generosity, the opportunity that we have to bless other people by giving or providing for needs. If you listen to 88.3 radio, you may have heard the the little blurb that the manager has played lately about the idea that, you know, about hot chocolate and how just a cup of hot chocolate could be an incredible blessing to someone that it not only tastes great, but it could have great impact. And so I did a little investigation and found out that it was a a study that was done by someone who was affiliated with the University of Texas um, School of Business. And at a park in Chicago, Illinois, they offered a cup of hot chocolate to strangers and gave them the opportunity to do one of two things, either keep it for themselves or to share it with someone else. Now, they had 84 people that chose to take a cup of hot chocolate. Nine folks kept it for themselves and enjoyed it, but 75 agreed to give it away to someone else. And what the findings of the study were was both the one that performed the good deed and the one that received the hot chocolate found themselves in a better mood after the event. And what became... clear was the folks that were giving away the hot chocolate underestimated the value of 
their gift. That that little cup of hot chocolate that came from a vendor in the park was a tremendous blessing to the person they gave it to. In fact, the writer of the study said this, they get, the people get that being kind to others makes them feel good. What they don't get is how good it really makes others feel. Now, the study didn't stop there. They continued on, and they, they did a study with cupcakes, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But also, they gave another group of individuals $100 bills. And they gave them at different times. Some received them directly from the lab study. Here's your envelope. Here's your $100. And others received their $100 as a gift from an anonymous person. Now, the entire group was told to divide it between themselves and to share some with an unknown person. And what was interesting in their study was the ones that received their envelope from the institution, from the study, were less generous with their money than the ones that received it as an anonymous gift. And the same researcher concluded this in his writings, that it turns out that generosity can indeed be contagious. And I want us to think about these two words, gratitude and generosity, this morning, and think about this idea that they really, lead, they really go hand in hand, or one leads to the other. And just think about it maybe this way. Gratitude and generosity are both rooted in God's grace, and they work together to grow personal faith and glorify God. Because what we're going to see as we look at God's Word is that the study that happened with hot chocolate and $100 bills really just discovered what God's Word already tells us, that there is a blessing to both being generous and expressing gratitude. So let's read God's Word together. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to start reading in verse number 6. And it begins like this. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you, because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Will you join me in just praising God for the gift that he's given us in Jesus? Lord, we do thank you that you have given us your son, Jesus. 
We thank you that he is Savior and Lord. We thank you that to as many as do receive him, you gave the right to become children of God. And as your children, we are adopted into your family and we are given the presence of the Holy Spirit to be with us. And so, Lord, we thank you this morning that if we're called by your name, we have the truth of your word and the power of your spirit to help us to understand. I thank you for those that are they're still on the journey that maybe have not yet made that decision to, to follow and trust in you, that you have the truth of your word and you have the prompting, the urging of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, this morning, that you would show us the beauty of the gift of Jesus. You would show us the wonderful opportunity that we have in showing gratitude and being generous. We show us, show us how it glorifies you. It builds up your kingdom. And we ask you would help us to see this very clearly. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Paul is writing to the Corinthians, and he's talking about an event. They are raising a collection, an offering to support the poor and needy in Jerusalem that are undergoing hard times. And so he's talking about gathering this gift together that's going to present to them and help in their need. And he's thanking them for their participation in this. And if you read this section, you probably notice that there's many words that talk about abundance or fullness or blessing or multiplication. There's an overriding theme there that, that just seems to whisper throughout every verse the goodness of God in the fact that He is true, that those who sow sparingly will reap sparingly, and those who sow bountifully will reap bountifully, that when we invest in God's kingdom, the rewards will always outweigh what we spend, whether it's time or money, it will always be worth it. But this morning, our focus, while we could look at all of these verses, is really on verses 11 and 12, and really centered around two ideas. One, the idea of generosity, which we'll look at first, and then second, the idea of gratitude or thanksgiving, and we'll look at that second, and then we'll close by kind of seeing how those two work together. But let's just get started by looking at generosity simple definition of generosity that, that I found, an open-heartedness toward your possession. I would add to that that it would be not only an open heart, but it would be open and willing hands. That it's uh, a gen- generous person is a person that is willing to share unselfishly. You know, they have open hands like this. Would you like to, you know, have a you know, a piece of candy. Could I get you something to drink? Is there something I could help you with? It especially deals with, in this context, dealing with money and resources and sharing them with others. Proverbs 22, verse 9, gives us a wonderful picture of this. Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed, for he sheds his shares his bread with the poor. So God gives so that we can share with others. And so while it's centered in the idea of possessions or actions, it also includes the ideas of extending mercy and forgiveness to others, that we should be generous in extending grace toward other people. Now we know that God is the originator of generosity. We give or we are generous because God gave to us first. If you think about the truth of the gospel, the coming of Jesus that we're going to celebrate in the time of Christmas that's quickly approaching, 
is that God gave His Son so that we could live. Think about John 3.16. God gave His one and only Son so that whoever would believe in Him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. That God made provision for the greatest problem of all humanity, that being sin, by providing a Savior that if we trust in His name we could have salvation. And He promises day to day to meet all of our needs, all of, according to His riches. Salvation and provision each and every day. Now we read in 2 Corinthians 9, but in just a chapter earlier, in chapter 8, verse 9, this is what Paul says, You know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, so that you might by His poverty become rich. Now, we figure out pretty quickly he's not talking about money. He's talking about the depravity of man, the being poor in spirit, that we have a desperate need because of sin for God. And God became poor. Jesus came, humbled himself. Philippians tells us to the point of death, even death on a cross, so that we could live. He died and gave his life, rose to the dead, so that we could live. The greatest act of generous giving ever. Commentator William Barclay said it this way, that no gift can in a real sense be a gift unless the giver gives a bit of himself. Giving involves sacrifice. And as God's children, those who are called by His name through faith in Jesus, God expects those of us to be generous as well. So God is the source. He expects His children to be generous. But what else can we learn about this word, generosity? Well, we touched on it a little earlier in the introduction. You know, generosity is contagious. I mentioned the hot chocolate and the $100, but they also did a study with cupcakes. Again, giving the opportunity for them to share those treats. And they found, again, what was consistent is that those that received that cupcake as a gift were more likely to share it with someone else. When someone shows you generosity, you are more likely to be generous for someone else. It's like a positive form of peer pressure. It builds momentum and it spreads from person to person. You might have experienced this at one time or another in a, in a drive-through line, like a Starbucks or a place like that where you place an order and you get up to the window to pay and they'll tell you, well, oh, the truck in front of you already paid for your order. You know, and if you're, if you're the, 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 the cheap, greedy sort like me, you probably just say, woohoo, and put it in drive and take off. No, probably not. No, but what, they, what you find is that that person is more likely to to say, well, hey, I want to pay for the one behind me. And they probably look in their mirror to make sure it's not like a homeschool white minivan full of about 12 kids to make sure they don't have, you know, like a $200 order. Um, but, you know, they're likely to pay for that. And, and sometimes, you know, you'll see it go on and on that there's, you know, person after person pay for each other's order. Why? Because that generous act spreads from one person to another. I have to pause there. I have nothing against homeschoolers that drive white vans and have 12 kids. Um, so if the, if the Brewer family's listening, forgive me. Um, but it spreads. God's generous toward us. He provides our needs. 
we are generous, generous toward others, and that makes a difference. It has an impact. They experience God's love through us. And so it's contagious, but it's also a gateway to the gospel. When we are generous toward others, it creates an opportunity. When you're generous and somebody asks, why would you do that? Or what made you do that? And you answer something like, well, it's because of Jesus or Jesus loves you. I just want you to know that God loves you or Jesus loves you. Or maybe I, I choose to give because God gave to me first. And those open, those comments, those acts, open the door for conversations about Jesus. Because when you're generous, you, you let people know that you care, and then you have opportunity to share the reason that you care. And it's, it's a simple formula, but it can be very effective and it can be very powerful. Just a simple act of generosity. But also, generosity builds our faith and it brings hope to us and to other people. We said earlier our motivation in, in giving is that God has done something for us. Something we could never do for ourselves. That He has forgiven our sin. He's redeemed us. He's saved us. He's resurrected us to new life. And then He continues on day to day to cleanse us daily, to sanctify us, and then one day to glorify us. That we're going to be like Him. And the things that trouble us, the things that hurt, things that pain us will no longer when we're in His presence. And our response to that in, in gratitude, not that we're trying to pay God back because there's no way we could ever pay God back, but as an expression of love and of devotion, we show generosity toward others that is motivated because of our thankfulness toward God. And if you think about it, the, the generosity that we show really is um, an indicator of what's going on inside your heart. Jesus said, where your heart, your treasure is, your heart will be also. And a heart that's been touched by the grace of God will be a generous heart and will give to others cheerfully. So it builds our faith, but it also brings hope. The study showed, and God's word would prove true, that we underestimate the value of our generosity. Even small things we would consider small. My friend Leonard Jones would put at the end of his emails when he would send out things about Costello, hope costs so little, but gives so much. And when you are generous toward others, it's a small gift of hope. And just the act of giving is more important than the value of the gift. Think about that just for a second. Well, you know, with inflation, hot chocolate probably costs more than $3, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a relatively inexpensive way to show somebody you care. But it made a big difference. And there's things that don't even cost money. Kind words, honest appreciation, just listening, just being present doing acts of service that remind others that they're important, they're valued as a person, and that God loves them. Each of those are ways to encourage 
And we live in a society where technology gives many people this false sense of value and connection. That just by picking up their phone and, and checking, you know, Facebook or Instagram or whatever, TikTok or whatever they want, that they, they suddenly look and see, you know, oh, I have value and I'm connected with people because look, look at this. But let me just tell you this, a real person performing a real action in real time has encouragement and value that goes far beyond anything electronic. And it provides encouragement and hope both for the gift, the giver and the receiver. So when we give a gift, when we perform a generous act, we are actually sharing hope. Now, Larry Burkett, who for, for many years he founded and was the, the head of Crown Financial Ministry, wrote these words before his passing. And he gives us another benefit of being generous. Regular generous sacrificial giving is the most powerful way to combat the grip of materialism. That if you find yourself more in love with money and stuff than in Jesus and others, giving or generosity is a gateway to break that grip of materialism. But being generous is only half of the equation. It's only really half of the fun. Gratitude is the other side. That we can understand that being grateful and being generous both multiply the blessing. So let's look at gratitude. I was reading an article by um, author Ann Voskamp. I don't know if I said her name right, but it was interesting. In doing a word study of that word that is used here for thanksgiving or gratitude, the word is Eucharisteo. I only say that because if you grew up in, in, in a Catholic background or you're familiar with that, you may hear the word Eucharist. That just means a time of of thanksgiving in, in the Greek. But the root word of that is the same word for grace, charis. So at the root of giving thanks, you have grace. Getting something that we don't deserve and didn't pay for. But also another word is wrapped up in thanksgiving, and that word is the word for joy, which also comes from the word grace. And so in this article, Ann Buskamp just, just proposed this, that grace plus joy leads to thanksgiving. That when there's a gracious act filled with joy, both in giving and receiving, it results in thanksgiving. When we recognize all God has done for us, it brings joy to our heart and leads to us to express thanks. Another way you could think of that is to be focused on all of the benefits. That when we look at what God has done for us, who God is, then the natural response to that is thanks. Gratitude. Now we deserve, God deserves the greatest amount of gratitude or thanks for His grace in extending salvation to us. And His graciousness, His goodness is seen all throughout creation. James 1.17 tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from God. 
He's the, the best giver, and he deserves all the thanks. So grace and joy is thanksgiving. What, is being, what does gratitude do? Well, gratitude changes your attitude. I wrote that that way because when I was in um, junior English, in, in senior English in high school, Mrs. Fort had a positive daily message. I don't even know if they do positive daily messages. But she would have this written on the chalkboard, and, one of, and we would have to say it together. And one of them was this. Gratitude is the latitude between success and failure. And so she, we would have to, you know, we'd all say that like three times, and then, you know, we would think about it. But I thought about that. You know, gratitude really can change our attitude. That's why there's a clear direction in Scripture. Give thanks in all circumstances. Now, we read about the business study about hot chocolate, but, you know, another thing I enjoy is when science catches up to what the Bible says and then science thinks they've discovered something. And so here's what psychology today says about gratitude. When the brain feels gratitude... It activates areas responsible for feelings of reward. Moral cognition, subjective value judgments, fairness, economic decision-making, and self-reverence. Can I translate that for you with a little help from the Bible? (laughs) When we give thanks to God, it changes our focus from our circumstances to the goodness of God. That regardless of circumstances, when we give thanks, because we can give thanks in all circumstances, it changes our attitude. We feel rewarded inside because we are giving thanks to the God who made us. We make better judgments about how we share our resources when we are thankful. when we give thanks to God. And it also holds true when we give thanks to other people. When we are thankful or when we express gratitude to other people, we feel better about ourselves, we have a better appreciation for others, and it also helps us be more generous. So gratitude changes our attitude. Might want to test it this afternoon or maybe sometime today, just start writing down things you're, you're grateful for and just see how it changes your, your attitude. Now, I, another thing I think we need to see is that gratitude also grabs attention. The word thank you is a key that can open locked doors, can turn a frown to a smile that can raise drooped shoulders, can lift weary heads. Because when you show honest gratitude to a person, it helps them feel important. They're not a machine, they're a person. And they soon see purpose in what they're doing. Hey, I matter, what I'm doing matter matters, and they're more likely to express gratitude to others. And so it grabs the attention. It's contagious. But it also helps us grow in our faith. Because when we give thanks, it 
tends to turn our focus back toward God and off our problems. Because it just raises our awareness level of everything God's done. And once you notice one thing and the second thing and the third thing that God has done, it becomes easier to recognize more and more things because what you're really discovering is everything you have as a gift from God. And the joy of the discovery is realizing that we can be thankful for all of those gifts. Reminds us where those gifts come from. It helps us to be content with what we have. So we looked at what it means to be generous. We've looked a little bit at gratitude, but I just want to focus in the couple minutes that we have left on how these two go together because gratitude and generosity, one complements the other. When we're more grateful, we become more generous, and when we're more generous, we increase in thanksgiving. So if you want to focus your eyes on verse 11, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Now in this section, you have all of these words of increase, of plenty, and then you have every way, every way, in all, all through these. But if you think it, when you will be enriched in every way, what does it mean to enrich something? Well, in the United States, they enrich white bread with vitamins, so it's a little bit healthier than useless. Um, they enrich milk with vitamin D because we need vitamin D. They enrich toothpaste and, and water supplies with fluoride. They enhance it. They help to make it better. And another way to think about that is to be made rich or to be made plentiful in something. And here's a key that's in the Bible. What God desires for us to be, He abundantly provides for us to be. He equips you for what He's called you to be. So if God says be forgiving, He abundantly gives us all we need to be forgiving. If God calls us to give to others, He will abundantly provide for us to give toward others. And the principle continues if you read through this section. Those people that are more generous most times will find themselves with more to give because God gives more seed to abundant sowers so they can sow it because they are keyed in to God's economy. They're moving it to the right places. People that are interested in building God's kingdom and benefiting others, you know, find themselves many times with excess funds that just seem to be available to give and to share with others. But God provides that in all things. God calls you to something and you need you know, patience and perseverance, he'll, he'll give it. Because God calls us, God equips us, and then throughout the process, if we're willing partners, he empowers us. And then hopefully at the end, he gets all the credit, all the glory. And so when God calls us to give, he wants to abundantly provide so we can give freely. So that our generous giving could result in 
physical blessings toward others and spiritual blessings as well. And in this idea, when he's writing to the Corinthians, his goal is that the needs would be met of the Jerusalem church. That they would be provided for. And so in verse 10 he says that God would supply and multiply their seed. So it all comes from God. He gives us the things that we share and then he increases it. But there's also more increase. It also says God would increase the harvest of righteousness. That an act of kindness, an act of generosity here on earth has a heavenly reward. You may perform a generous act. You may do something kind for someone and you might not even receive a thank you from that person. And after you, they didn't say thank you. You know, after you kind of get over that and have your own little pity party, God will generally remind you of this, that the reward you have for those acts may not come in this earth, but it waits for you in heaven. There's a heavenly reward. There is, you know, the, the satisfaction of pleasing your heavenly Father, honoring Him and blessing others. You may enjoy that in the present, but ultimately the reward we have is in the future. And then also, when we look at these two, we have to see that generosity and gratitude are both rooted in God's grace. That the transformation that the gospel provides creates glad and generous hearts. It's this section that we've read. You know, God loves a cheerful giver. God loves one who gives. And because of His grace gift, because of His salvation, we can trust that He is the best provider, that He'll meet our daily needs. And you have these all statements, all grace to abound to you, all sufficiency in all things. So they're rooted in His grace. If you choose to be generous, if you choose to be thankful, God will reward you. But ultimately, they both bring glory to God. Because it says generosity and gratitude produce thanksgiving to God. When we are generous, when we give cheerfully, greed and selfishness are, are repelled, we meet the needs of others, and joy grows. Our relationship with God grows. We recognize God as the source. You get to verse 15, and you recognize that Paul recognizes that the greatest giver gives the greatest gift. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Some translations use the word unspeakable or maybe too wonderful for words or indescribable. What is he expressing? The most generous man or the most gracious woman, the most thanks, thankful person that ever existed does not even come near to the extraordinary generosity that God showed in sending Jesus to earth. That because God gave the greatest gift with the greatest amount of 
sacrifice, his one and only son, that we have the opportunity to share in the blessings of heaven and salvation. We can share and give to others in the name of Jesus, and we can praise God, they can praise God, and we can show appreciation toward others. Hopefully they can thank God, too, for, like the New Living Translation says, a gift that's too wonderful for words. Because ugh, gratitude and generosity, they're both rooted in God's grace, and they work together to grow personal faith and glorify God. And wherever you choose to share it or whatever you share, whether it's a, a financial gift, a cup of hot chocolate, a note of thanks, or just a generous act to make a difference. They benefit the one that gives, the one that receives. It gives God glory. Because God is generous to us, we can be generous to others. Gladly or cheerfully, as the Bible says, generously and sacrificially. Because a heart that has been transformed and warmed by Jesus will give generously and gladly, sacrificially, to the work of the Lord. And I want to just give you a short list. There's probably others, but just jotted down six things of ways that, you know, we can partner with God in generosity. And the first thing, small acts of kindness. You may think, I don't have very much but you probably have more than you recognize. Small acts of kindness, and they don't even have to cost as much as a cup of hot chocolate or even something you get at Dollar Tree. How can I be generous toward my neighbor, toward my family member, toward somebody near me? And then maybe a, a next level, if you're able, is to help meet the needs of, of others, friends, family, neighbors. You know, there's so many needs, especially around Christmas might be a gift card, might be just a little, little, you know, some cash and a note or a check just saying, hey, you know, Lord's blessed me and I want to bless you. Just to remind you, you know, that, that you're giving, your generosity here at, at Cross Timber, you know, the, the offerings, the tithes that you give are important. And I know if you're looking at the inflation chart, the inflation chart, you know, is going like this, things are getting to be a lot more. And a lot more. And it can be a, a giant challenge at the beginning of the month to write down that amount, you know, that you're giving to the church. But I encourage you that God will provide. That if we are faithful, He will provide. And so don't give up on your giving. We have Lottie Moon coming up. The Lottie Moon Christmas offering for international missions, another opportunity to be generous. You can give to our local ministries like Next Step Women's Center um, and their work um, with um, young women and families that are, that are struggling you know, with whether or not to choose life when they find out they're pregnant. Or through Harvest House, our local ministry that helps provide food and helps items at Christmas. Let me just encourage you with these two 
verses 1 from verse 12, the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanks toward God. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Let's pray together. Oh, Jesus, we come to the end of this and feel like we've just barely scratched the surface of what it means to be grateful and generous. But Lord, we are thankful that that you do work behind the scenes in, in our hearts by your spirit that goes well beyond words that are spoken or not spoken. So God, I trust right now that every person here has heard your voice. And that in these moments that we have left, you would help them to see what it is exactly you've put it in their heart to do. Whether it's to grow in generosity or to grow in gratitude or both. Maybe you've put a specific action or person in someone's heart in a specific amount you would help them to move forward in that. Help us each day to be looking for opportunities to be generous. It's not ours, it's yours. You're the best giver. You own all the gifts. All the seed is yours. You say you'll provide and multiply the seed. And so help us to not be held back in our generosity when we feel like we have too little to give. Reminded that you give everything for us and that you live for us. Thank you, O Lord, that you are a good God, that you love us, that you give good gifts, that you gave us Jesus, your Savior, our Savior, and we pray in his name. Amen. We're going to sing here in just a second the way we conclude our service. So the time we, we set aside when we, we sing the song to, to listen to God's voice and to respond. Not that you can't hear God's voice and respond some other place, but it just gives you the opportunity immediately after you know we've listened to God's word to, to respond to what he has said to you this morning. So I trust you will do that in the time when we sing. Maybe there's another decision you know you need to make. Maybe today's the day you say, I want to trust Jesus. I want to be him to be the Lord my life, the boss of my life. I want to turn from sin and turn toward Jesus. Today can be the day of salvation. Maybe to unite with our church, to join the church. Maybe God's calling you to, to a ministry or to a service, and maybe he's made that clear, and maybe you need to just surrender your all to him today. Or maybe as we get into the Christmas season, um, there's a loved one, family member that you want to pray for. Just by name and say, God, this month, I'm going to commit to praying for them. I pray for them often and often, but I'm going to pray for this specific person. Maybe, you know, that's something you need to just come to the front and call out to the Lord. Maybe you need encouragement and prayer. Or just find somebody next to you and say, hey, will you pray for me? And I'm sure they will, and I'll be standing at the front as well. But I do invite you to stand with us. We're going to sing together, and I trust you to respond to God.
could just be seated for a minute, and Deborah is going to give us a little more information about how we can be a part of helping tomorrow night. Um, I know we had mentioned the glue guns. Bring a glue gun if you've got one. But I also need, if you have a pair of pliers or needle-nose pliers, bring a couple pairs if you've got them. We have a few. Bob went and looked and surprised me how many we had, but not enough for everybody. Um, and then also an extension cord, because I won't have enough extension cords for you to plug your glue guns in. So it should be really fun. I, I, I'm so excited. I thank Raleigh and Shane for providing Raleigh making the tree and Shane providing the uh, pallet so we can make the tree. So I think it's going to be really cute, and I know that they'll... I'm hoping they will display it, and then every time somebody walks in, they'll say, Oh, what a cute tree. Where'd you get that? And guess what they'll say? Cross Timber gave that to us. So I'm really hoping that it's a way that we can reach out to those right up the street. Also, just one other thing. Please keep Bob in your prayers. He has another procedure. Thank you, Deborah. Bob, would you be okay if we prayed for you? You can either, if you don't, you can either come your way or we'll come your way. Whichever is already started we'll come on up deacons if you guys want to gather around if any other members want to join around and we'll just pray over over bob and Father, we come before you and we acknowledge that you are the giver of life, you're the sustainer of life, you're the creator, that you made us each according to your plan, unique, and that you know everything about us from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. And we lift our brother Bob before you today. He has a procedure tomorrow because you know every part of his body, we thank you that you are going to guide the, the hands of the, the doctors and the technicians, that you're going to work in the, the medications and the things that he receives ahead of time. But most of all, we thank you that above what medical knowledge can do, and we're thankful for that, that you ultimately are in control. And so we trust him into your good hands. We trust you to be his strength. We trust you to be his healer, and we're calling for, for you to do what you do, and that is to look after and to watch over, to guide Bob through this procedure for his health, give him calmness, give Deborah calmness and a sense of peace, and Lord, we thank you in advance for the outcome, and we give you the glory in all things, because you are good, and you are God, and you are Lord of all. So we trust this to you. We give you thanks, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
folks are finding their way back to, to their seats before they get set down. I'm going to invite you all to stand up. Join them in standing. I want to thank you all for, for being here today at Cross Timber to Worship. Trust the Lord has spoken to you. Hopefully, um, as you are coming off the, the Thanksgiving excitement, that that will just continue right on into Christmas as we, we celebrate the great gift of Jesus that God has given us. Pray the Lord bless you today. Enjoy the sunshine, and we look forward to, to seeing you. Um, either at one of the activities during the week or next Sunday, Lord willing. So the music is going to play, and when we start singing, you're dismissed. So Lord bless you. Amen.